Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know, Quiggs, I have an important question for you. What's going to happen first? The Flyers name a captain or a Philly sports team wins a championship? Oh, you know what? I'm going to go bold and I'm going to say a Philly sports team wins a championship. <laughs> you know, at this rate, that could I'm gonna be go the bold. case. That could be the case. I'm- because I feel like it's going to be, I know John Tortorella said they're not having a captain next year. I don't think they're going to have a captain the year after that either. Right, like, Torts is just waiting for some mythical creature, some sort of flyer's unicorn, to come walking in the door and blow him away, knock his socks off, and it just ain't happening. Apparently, Scott Lawton, who most of us are presuming is the next captain of he's, the Flyers. He's basically the captain right now. He's just He just doesn't have a C on his chest. The only guy who, like would even run in opposition at this point would be Sean Couturier and that he's just a giant question mark of status. Like who knows how his back is, who knows when he's going to play next and who knows how good he will be, how effective he will be when he's out there. But Scott Lawton, like he's the only guy with any letter on his chest this year. He kind of is the captain, but apparently not captain enough for John Tortorella to name him the captain next year. And granted, this isn't like, the end of the world, but it feels very much, I've called the Flyers a Mickey Mouse organization in recent history, and this feels very much like a kind of just, you know, it's not, again, the least professional thing, but you don't feel like a real hockey team. You're not a real boy unless you have that captain, it feels like. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of don't hate that. Like, I don't want there to be a captain unless that, unless the person who's captain has like absolutely unquestionably earned it. You don't want a Jason Smith in there? Like, I don't want Boone, a Boone Jenner ass player to be the captain of the team. (laughs) Well, that's Jason Smith. Jason Smith was the captain for one year in the late aughts before they gave it to Mike Richards. And it was, I always joke about it because it's just like such a weird footnote in Flyers history. The year that Jason Smith was the captain. Yeah. It sounds like a made up name. It does. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, if the Flyers are going to get a cap, like, I remember the Rangers waited, and now granted, I hate comparing the Flyers to the Rangers in any way, but like, I remember the Rangers, they had McDonough, and then they went on like a a long hiatus without a captain for what, like four years? Was it that long? Or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it was a while. Um, And now Jacob Trouba is the captain. And so like... The Troubadour. I feel like the Flyers should, like, I'm not opposed to them, like, waiting it out for, like, a slam dunk, no doubt about it, this is our captain type guy, you know? As we were discussing in the Slack, it, it really feels like Torts is kind of waiting for a real piss and vinegar guy. Like, he is waiting for a real disruptor, a Chris Pronger type to walk through that door and not let any shit go by. You know what I'm thinking, Steve? I'm thinking the Moran Mafia should make a return. Oh my God, the Moran Mafia! Oh, 
I'm thinking that should be the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. He couldn't even get on the ice, but he should be the captain of the team. He should be the captain, though. Oh he should be the God. captain. I didn't say he's going to play. What about the NAKGB? The what, they're demanding their king brought home. He could be the captain. Torts would hate NAK. He would. He would hate him so much. So it's actually funny we're talking about players who Torts hates because earlier today I was bored and I was looking on Cap Friendly just for shits and gigs. And I was like, what's like a... I was thinking about like flyerish non-flyers, like we always talk about, you know, like Alex Ovechkin and Matthew Kachuk, and I was thinking about um, Max Domi and how he's like kind of a flyerish non-flyer. Like he's he's got skill, but he's like a hard news dude. Oh he's not afraid god. to drop the gloves. I only, I mainly I was, say, oh my god, mainly I don't like Max Domi, but I also hate his father. His father is infamous in flyer circles. Oh yeah, yeah, but like. Domi's like he kind of has all those qualities of a flyer and I was like I looked on cat friendly and I, I saw that he's gonna be a UFA this year and I was like oh man maybe he'll be an option for the flyers and then I remembered wait a minute he was he played for torts in Columbus and torts he was like ab all the way in torts his doghouse so like he got healthy scratched he got benched he got the whole nine yards and he's yeah he's not coming to fill it's a real big there done that, that. Yeah, but like... <laughs> well, we know it ain't Kevin Hayes, right? <laughs> we we don't hate Kevin Hayes towards... I, I don't even want to say towards hates Kevin Hayes. Well, I didn't say hate. I said, like, we know it ain't yeah. Kevin Hayes. Oh, 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 yeah. No, oh, God. Ke- Kevin Hayes is going to be the captain of the Blue Jackets next year. That actually might happen. That, that's Honestly. a real possibility, Johnny G. Honestly. Johnny G could easily just take the captaincy for himself next year, and he's going to be like, no, 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 my buddy Kevin. Uh, Boon Bob Jenner should not be the captain. Boon Bob. Boon Bob. <laughs> I can't remember who coined that on the flagship show, but someone said that once and it has stuck with me ever since. No, but like, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, it doesn't really matter if the Flyers aren't contending, who really cares about having a captain. But man, it, it is a weird feeling because it doesn't, there's been very few gaps in Flyers history without a, a yeah. real captain in there. Do you – I wonder if Coots is going to wear a letter next year. It's an interesting question because there literally is one guy wearing it this year. Like, we've yeah. seen all sorts of crazy alternate captains over the past few years. We've seen Mark Streit. We've seen Andrew McDonald, you know. All sorts of guys wearing that A in there. And the fact that it's literally just Scooty Lutz this year is pretty wild. Yeah, like the last couple of years, let's see, who wore a letter? Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Provorov. Provorov. Yeah, Provorov's worn um, one. I don't think Sandheim's I feel like one. I feel like Lawton's worn it. Well, Lawton's wearing it he, this year. He wore it last year. Yeah. yeah, but he wore it last year too, I think. He's worn it here and there. I mean, obviously, we had Claude Giroux for a long Couturier. time. Couturier. Couturier, yeah. And Couturier is, I mean, he's easily the longest term guy on the team at this point. It's not even a question. But like last year alone, there were, by my count, five alternate captains for the Flyers. And they they did that weird thing where it's like, all right, you wear the A during away games and you get it during home games. And it's like, this is really dumb. Just pick a lane. Pick two fucking people and make them the alternate captains. Like. I don't know. Yeah. But I, again, this is not really a big deal. It's just all strange. And that's life under torts. It continues to be strange. 
Yeah, it's definitely. But but again, you know, I support it. I really do. Like get a captain when we're when someone makes it evident that they have to be the captain. It's the John Wick declaration. I'm back. I think I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back. Back in the Philly Blues. <laughs> not not even close. That was so bad. That was terrible. We'll just, if I we're going to edit that, we're going to edit that out, right, Steve? No. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not, Mr. OJ uh, and Pizza. No, uh, I, I wish we were on Zencaster right now because I have my little soundboard set up and I could have done the womp, womp, womp. Or that, yeah. Oh, I had it set up, but I wasn't sure if we were going to overlap with BSH Radio this week. So I, I didn't want to mess with success, right? You know, they're, it's like if they were in a physical room and I saw them in there, I'm like, I'm just going to choose another room. I'm not even going to bother them, you know? Yeah. Not even no, going to try no, to wave no. a Kelly in the window or anything like that. <laughs> no. Uh, but if, so, you know, we're coming off of actually probably our, the most fun we've had with the Flyers in a hot minute. All year? All year. Yeah. Uh, we worked the Flyers Carnival on Sunday and it was a great time. I'm still not used to them not calling it the Flyers Wives Fight for Lives Carnival because it's such a, a long-winded yet catchy name. And just hearing Jim Jackson say, the Flyers Wives Fight for Lives. Like, I, I, I miss it, <laughs> yeah. you know? But still having the carnival back, seeing it in person, getting to work it, thanks to the Flyers for getting us in there and getting us so many good interviews. It was great talking to everybody. I mean, we talked to Brad Marsh, talked to Jim Jackson. We talked to Brad Shaw. uh, And there were a couple other people, you know, everybody was great, but man, I got to say Brad Shaw and Jim Jackson were just awesome to talk to. They're dynamite. Like they can talk forever and they give great, they're not, it's so funny how exact opposite uh, Brad Shaw is compared to Torts. Like Torts, you know, he he'll give you like if you ask him a certain question, he'll give you a pretty good answer. But like Marsh will just you ask him one question, he's talking for five minutes. Wait, Shaw or and, Marsh? Or uh, excuse me, uh, Shaw. I Shaw. mean, they're all Brad. Well, Marsh too. Yeah, no, Brad, Marsh. Was, Marsh I, well, actually, too. I didn't really get the pleasure of uh, talking to Marsh too much. I think like we had a too many cooks situation. We had a lot of people at that table, and I was just like, I'm not intruding with this one. Yeah, I yeah. just took pictures from afar. But Brad Shaw was just a delight. I mean, what an awesome dude. Um, yeah, we got some really good. <laughs> I love how his uh, his first welcome to Philly moment was learning that like people don't slow down for yellow lights. In fact, they speed up. Yes, yes. And it's just like, dude, wel- welcome, baby. Like this is how this is how we roll. So. That's how we roll right through the yellow. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes through the soft red. The soft red, the hard red, it doesn't really stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> soft red is like the first second after it turns red. And, you know, That's there's the that soft. Philly slide through the stop signs, too. Like, just, just be on alert all the time. Oh, yeah. 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 No, but they were both great. I mean, it was a great time. One of the, again, I think it's the most fun I've had with the Flyers in maybe years at this point. And just to see so many people like positive and upbeat about the Flyers was very refreshing. It was cool. And I got to say, I was Jersey watching all day. And I saw some jerseys I could not believe people owned. Uh, <laughs> so first off, uh, a shout out to a good friend of the show, James, who was rocking his Jolato and was not the only Jolato I saw that day. I might have seen 
upwards of three Joel Otto jerseys around the FARC, which is amazing. Oh, wow. wow. Joel Otto, one of my favorite random flyers from the late 90s, and a a really, really nice little center to have in there. I think he was like a third-line center on that team. And just to see so many Joel Otto jerseys was wild to me. Uh, I saw Kiefer Bellows jersey at one point. It might have been (laughs) Kiefer Bellows. I don't know. We saw Ryan Ellis jersey, right? Oh my God, we're sitting there, we see a Ryan Ellis jersey, and I think you pointed it out. You're like, oh my God, it's a Ryan Ellis jersey, and Bill goes, is it Ryan Ellis? And then you saw a guy later that day that looked, well, he didn't look exactly like Ryan Ellis, but he had a beard like Ryan Ellis. It might as well have been Ryan Ellis. Yeah, but he was wearing a Travis Sanheim jersey, which would be a hell of a show of support on Ryan Ellis' part. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Big vote of confidence, but like... Yeah, no, that was a great day. I mean, it was just so much fun. Um, aside from like waking up at the ass crack of dawn to drive up there and then having to drive back down to Virginia the same day, like that sucked. But oh, one thing I actually want to say on I 95, when you get to like Delaware, they have like these light up signs over the highway that tell you to like buckle your seatbelt or whatever. And they are so unhinged. Like, <laughs> There is one that says like it, it was telling you not to text while driving, and so it was like better left unread than dead. Oh, I love a good <laughs> watch out or die message. Yeah, yeah, there was another one that was really funny, and I can't remember what it was, but it was just like <laughs> it was just like okay, like we get it, <laughs> you can chill now, you know. Just die. Better left unread. Than dead, Steve. That is a grim, grim message to send to people. But you listened and you kept your seatbelt on. So good job. But I can't believe, given the amount of driving you did and the fact that you don't drink coffee, that you had as much energy and presence as you did throughout the day. Well, that's why I do cocaine, Steve. Oh, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. It gives me the energy I need. It's great for pre workout. I'm just bouncing off the walls when I'm doing my workouts at the gym. All you get are some pesky nosebleeds and no money in your bank account. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's totally fun. Uh, No, I don't know what it is. Like, I just have a natural energy for some reason. Um, (laughs) It's a gift and a curse, I suppose. Is it a curse? I don't know. I made it through the day. Do you have trouble sleeping? I could see it being a curse then. I can sleep. I sleep well enough. I wish I got like another hour of sleep every single morning when I wake up. I hear that. But I was yeah. last night I had a classic. Like, I'm so bad with going to sleep on time. I'm absolutely terrible with it. And one of my biggest problems with that is when I'm playing a video game, like I'm getting into it and I'm playing the. Oh, yeah. I'm playing the latest Horizon game right now. Horizon Forbidden West. And I was doing side missions last night. I'm like, OK, I can do a couple side missions because classic side missions in video games don't take that long. Like if you're doing the main mission, don't start a new leg of the main mission unless you have time to dedicate to it because you will be going a while for most main missions and games side missions. You can usually knock those out in like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I was like, all right, I'll do a couple side missions, call it a night. And I, I did the first side mission and it went fine. No problems. And I'm like, all right, I'll do one more. And that's it. That's perfect. And I got stuck. Like this was one. I was like, we need to find this child. And I'm like, that's simple enough. We've And I figured I'd have to fight, like, I don't know, maybe a couple mid-range enemies, right? And I end up having to fight one of the toughest enemies in the entire game. This just behemoth machine. 
And then midway through that one, another giant pain in the ass, one of the toughest enemies in the game, comes in and joins in on the fight. I must have died five times, and then it really got me pissed off. So I had to keep doing it, and... I probably stayed up an hour later than I meant to because I just had to beat that level after all that. My problem is that, like, especially if it's side... And this is why I typically don't play video games, like, during the week because I know I will fall into this hole. I will, like, reach a checkpoint or something and I'm just like, all right, at the next checkpoint, I'll, I'll like, log off or whatever. And then, like, the next checkpoint comes, but I don't know it's a checkpoint. And I'm just like, ah, I'll just keep going a little more. And the next thing I know, I look at the clock and it's like... 1230. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I was not intending to stay up this late. That's what happens to me all the time. And it's, yeah. it's been a problem of mine as far back as I can remember. Like I remember a time in high school, I had this uh, part-time job that I would do after, after school. And I was playing, I think it was final fantasy 10 on my PS three. I want to say might've been PS two, PS two. And I had, again, a boss that I'm like, I can beat this real quick. And I end up facing that sucker. I died a bunch, kept replaying it. I was like an hour late to my part-time job because I was just obsessed with winning this game. <laughs> or beating there are the too boss. Many, there are too many Final Fantasies. There are. Like, way too many. Was the, the one you played, was that the one where you have to face, like, the boss for, like, 36 real-time hours? I don't think it was that one. Okay. No, I don't. I because I I beat this one a couple times and I definitely didn't face the boss for thirty six real time hours. Dude, there's apparently there's this one boss you have to face in one of these. What is it? Kingdom Hearts? Final Fantasy. Um, you have to literally fight this bastard of a boss for like thirty six actual hours, and it's like, why is this a video game? Why is this happening? <laughs> this is not. Who would play that? I have not played that one. I can, I can say that in full confidence. I have not played that one because I would remember such a frustrating, harrowing experience. I was watching. So Conan O'Brien used to do this funny segment where he would. It was like called Clueless Gamer. Yes, I, I, I enjoy some Clueless Gamer. Yeah. And he did that that Final Fantasy. And like, it's the funniest one because that game, I think it was Final Fantasy 15 or something. I can't remember. But like. He's just playing this game and none of it made sense at all. And he's just like, what? Why is this a game? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. I, I do enjoy a clueless game segment. But yeah, <laughs> oh, I get in And you know who his guest was for the, for the segment? Who's that? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Oh, well, if somebody's going to be an expert on fantasy, it would be Frodo yeah. himself. It was good. Mr. Was really Frodo. Good. Now, going back to the... I, I Let's go back to the carnival. I don't even know how we got talking about time-wasting video games. I, yeah, I blame <laughs> myself because I am the king of tangents. But Oh, we were talking about how I had energy. Yes. And if I get enough sleep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I never get enough sleep. I just constantly am a... Co I've been doing a little bit better since I started taking... Um, what the fuck is that supplement called? I don't know. I take a supplement that helps me sleep, and it's nice. It's it's good. I sleep a little too deeply sometimes. It's very hard to get up on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for my in-office dates. But mm. you know what? I'm S getting my sleep. Steve, I believe that supplement is called horse tranquilizer. <laughs> is that right? Yes, I am addicted <laughs> to horse tranquilizer. It's no, it's melatonin. I'm taking melatonin. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. Horse tranquilizer. I mean, that's just <laughs> that for would pleasure. Do the, 
That would, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I love some horse tranquilizer. You know, a little cocktail, a little horse tranquilizer and bourbon. I call that a TMD. That's the stuff, baby. That's the stuff. Going back to the carnival, let's veer the good ship, the USS flight back on course for as long as it will before it hits an iceberg. <laughs> yeah. But so I have two highlights from the carnival. I mean, number one, well, I guess three highlights. Number one, love talking to people. We definitely like, you know, I got introduced to a couple of people I hadn't met before and yeah. always nice to meet a friend of the show, fan of the show. Uh, gave away almost every sticker I had, which was awesome. And if you're coming out to the tailgate on Easter, I'm going to have stickers and flight magnets, which I'm really excited to get this week and, and see how those turn out. You better send me one of those in the mail. I mean, I'll either send you one in the mail or I'll just wait till you come up next and I'll just give you one. I don't know when I'm going to be up next. You Because like, the season's about to bitch. end. Because I can't come on the 9th. Well... Sucks to suck. I know. You're never getting one. Uh, but yes, I've got stickers and magnets. But anyway, always great to meet people and also meet people who've never even heard of Broad Street Hockey. No idea what Broad Street Hockey is and, and tell them, well, we're a blog and podcast friends and you should go check us out immediately. But uh, there were people who had never seen the BSH logo, never seen the Flype logo. And there was one woman who walked up and took a look at the stickers, looked at the BSH one. It's like, oh, that's nice. That's cute. And then looked at the Flyperbole sticker, picked it up, took a closer look at it, went, oh! <laughs> Just abject horror, horror at noting that our friend was indeed a rat. And there were a couple people who had no idea what Flyperbole was that would pick up the sticker and go like, oh, that rat's kind of cool, or be horrified by the rat. And the woman being horrified was hilarious. I was dying. And she took the BSH stickers, but not the flight one. Sucks to suck. <laughs> but I was, I was about to say something mean, but then I realized that maybe she'll listen. So I don't I think wanna... so because she didn't take a sticker. So she has no idea what the show's called. Well, if you're listening lady, you suck. I think you just need to understand the full story of our friend, the rat, which I had to explain in detail to Valerie Camilla. <laughs> Which oh yeah was hilarious. Like I was laughing internally, telling the full story of our friend the rat. And I really should repost the episode. I keep meaning to do like kind of a best of montage of like the first like three hundred flips. But who has the time? But here's a brief <laughs> rundown for people who are not familiar with the origin of our friend the rat. Our friend origins, but. It comes down to Halloween a few years back on my block. You know, we, we usually have a pretty lively block in South Philly and everybody's out, you know, their kids are trick or treating. And then all of a sudden people start screaming and I'm like, what's going on? And then a rat crawls out from underneath the car, a huge honking rat, big ass rat. And it comes over to my side of the street. I'm like, all right, I got like one foot in my door. I am prepared to evacuate if I have to. And <laughs> classic South Philly, people end up containing the rat in a trash can. Like they surround it <laughs> and they're like batting it back and forth with like brooms and shit. And then somebody <laughs> traps it in a trash can. And then where it went from there, nobody knows. That is very South Philly. It is just extreme. a bunch of people ganging up on this enormous, like probably mutated rat. Oh, probably for sure. And he was just looking for a cheesesteak. He was just looking for a recommendation. You know, he went to stake him up, wasn't satisfied. And, uh, 
wanted a new place and they couldn't give it to him. No, so the rat comes and at some point during the story, I refer, I call the rat, our friend the rat. And Craig thought that was the name of the rat. He goes, the rat's name is our friend? I'm like, no, the rat's name isn't our friend. But then it became our friend. And then we decided, well, what would make, we didn't have like a set logo for Flype at the time. We had, uh, Emily made a nice little um, logo for us using a program that was fine, but it wasn't what we have now, which I love. I absolutely adore the Our Friend logo designed by the great Casey Lumba. But yeah, we, so, so Casey used to work with us on Flyers Faithful and Giradelphia and stuff. And I went to Casey after the Our Friend story and I said like, Casey, I got an idea for a new logo. I wanted to design something. He had designed a great Flyers Faithful logo back in the day where he had, I remember he utilized the Flyers nameplate for the word podcast. And I thought that was so cool. I love that logo. And then I said, Casey, I need something utilizing a rat, which a rat is such a great hockey animal, right? Because you think of Ken the Rat Lensman, right? Yeah. Rink rat. Rink rat. You know, like rat is such a great hockey thing. And I'm like, this is perfect for the podcast. So Casey went, designed the fantastic logo that we have today and stickers that you occasionally will find around the city of Philadelphia. And that is the origin of our friend the rat. That is how I met your mother. And I, I told that to <laughs> Valerie and I'm like, so uh yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Wanna come on the pod, Valerie? Nobody wants to come. Nobody needs the funniest, that. The funniest thing I saw was um, there was like, and, and this happened a couple times, like families would come up to our table and with like, you know, pretty young kids, like seven, six, seven, eight years old. And um, they would let, they would take the fly purpley sticker because it had a little cartoon rat on it. They're like, oh, it's so cute. It's a rat. And so they would take that and the kids would have that. And I just can't wait for the kids to like listen to Fly Purbly. The horror that is the, this podcast that is most certainly not suitable for a six, seven, eight year old. No, no, can't I wouldn't it. say it's suitable for a six, seven, eight year old at all, but maybe it is. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's how you get started on getting high quality hockey talk and high quality comedy. Now, I wouldn't call it high quality in either of those, but we, we have fun. Yeah, we do have fun. We curse a lot, though. Fuck shit, ass but oh man watch your fucking mouth <laughs> that no that I was like very how I, funny. I like how i said but was a curse word. but is a huge curse word around these huge. parts let me tell you no like seeing the reactions to our friend from people who weren't familiar because that's the thing that we don't realize one of the things that jim jackson brought up when we talked to him is that the the Flyers fandom and the hockey world is much bigger than our little corner of Twitter. And we forget that sometimes. And this was like a big eye opener, especially when I'm out there seeing like Kiefer Bellows and Morgan Frost and Wade Allison jerseys out there. Like people do care about this current team and haven't just given into despair like I have. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and you know, like right now it's, it's understandable to be kind of torn. Like on one hand, like, the Flyers are your team. You want to see them win. Like, obviously, that's why we're all sports fans. But on the other hand, it's like the season is a wash. They're not making the playoffs. And this is like a potentially historic draft coming up. You want the Flyers to get as high a pick as possible. So you want them to have the highest odds possible for the lottery. 
And like, it's understandable to like, kind of hope that they lose every game. Um, but it's, I, there are benefits to wins and losses. And I know right now, most people are focusing on the benefits of the losses, but like wins are good for this team, I guess, right now, guess. because like they're, <laughs> cause it's just such a young team and they're building confidence. Last night we saw Morgan Frost have like one of his best games of the year and he looked terrific the whole night. And like, it's progress like that, that you like to see in games like that where the flyers end up getting a win. And I know a lot of people are saying, Oh, they can't even tank. Right. But like, they can't they're they're They have a lot of young talent that has shown a lot this year. And that's exciting. It is. It is. And it isn't. I'm not, I'm, I'm very upset. They've been doing so well lately, but Hey, good for frosty and tipper and all that stuff. But yeah, it's uh, you, you wish the young talent would perform well. And the Flyers lose like five four. That's the dream in regulation. Right yes. Yeah, 100%. like every night they lose that. But like they beat Montreal last night. That was a huge blow to the tank. It was the yeah. That was a four point swing. Mm, disgrace. Four point swing. Absolute disgrace. But the I guess the good news is that regardless of how much they're tanking or whatever, changes have been made and changes will continue to come. And we just saw another big one. Dave Scott is stepping down and Dan Hill Hilferty, Dan Hilferty. That's his name. I better get it right. I'm going to be saying it a lot over the next few years is taking over. And this is, this is a big one. Dave Scott has become uh, kind of a, a lightning rod for a lot of fans over the past few years, whether that's fair or not. Uh, he certainly seems like a guy who's just been trying to do his job, maybe leaned on the senior advisors a little too much. And I, I don't know how history is going to judge Dave Scott's tenure, but probably not great. So we're going to see what Hilford he's got to bring. I, I do like a couple. He certainly seems locked in to the area sports wise. He was instrumental in bringing the World Cup to Philadelphia in 2026. So he is passionate. That's good. Whether that will translate into managing the hockey club well, we will see. Yeah. I I know that he's a big Flyers fan. He's been a big Flyers fan, which is good. Clearly, like you said, he's definitely locked in. Um, but how much is he going to try and have his fingerprints on the team? I would imagine it sounds like he kind of knows his place from what I've heard. Maybe he'll kind of just say like, "All right, Danny B, this is your this is your baby. You do your thing." Um, That's I'm certainly sure he'll what like- I hope hope for because it, I one thing that Dave Scott was mostly good at was not overreaching, not trying too much to be the guy in charge, not not being a Jerry Jones, if you will, or even you could say an Ed Snyder. But Ed Snyder, you know, had been in the business for a long time. And I guess you could say that about Jerry yeah. Jones. But like, there is one could extent- question Dave Scott did the exact opposite. He just did nothing. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. in some respect, you like that. I think Charlie was the one who pointed out that in a lot of respects, that's what you want from an owner where they step back, let you do your thing and give you the money to spend. So I like that aspect of it, but then leaning too much on the senior advisors later on. And yeah, just, uh, there's a fine line here and like they needed to step in earlier on a couple issues where they didn't. And now we've got this quagmire that we are currently in. But regardless, this is all change. And this is good because this club needs change. It needs a kick in the ass. And 
hopefully we are starting to point in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And it honestly, it feels that way. It started with Chuck Fletcher getting the axe. Then came the report of the three wise men, like kind of being shut out. And now Dave Scott has, now he's gone. And so it it just feels like there are a lot of things happening that fans were hoping were going to happen. And the best part is it's not even over. It sounds like there could be even more coming down the road. Yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, this is what you would want to see. but And this is all happening before the end of the season. you got to imagine that come the actual offseason, the Flyers will really start making some uh, some changes. They still have to hire their president of hockey ops. No one knows who that'll be. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, several big steps in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and I'm certainly hoping that Danny Briere, if he is to take over the full-time GM position, which all, you know, yeah, he's, he's good. everything's trending towards that. And some would hope that he has a bias for action, not to paraphrase Chuck, but to paraphrase Chuck there. I really want some big, bold moves this offseason, not necessarily to win now, but to help this team get back in a better position to win tomorrow. You know, like yes. this season coming up, I'm okay if this season coming up or the next season rather ends up being more of a, a rebuilding year, right? Like I think we're all happy with that. You know, as long as we're seeing the young guys getting out there and growing, but if it's another like half-assed attempt at competing, make a, a trade for Tony D'Angelo, you know, like it, it just moves yeah, that yeah. don't make any fucking sense. Then yeah, we're going to be real pissed off, but I don't, I really do get the impression for the first time in a long time that it's not going to be that way, that we might actually see some progressive moods to put the flyers back on the right track. Yeah. And we've kind of talked about this before, like, Oh, there's no untouchables on this team. Honestly, like right now I would say there are, Again, no untouchables on this team, except for maybe Owen Tippett. Maybe, maybe no. I wouldn't Gates. call these guys untouchables, but I would call them building blocks. And well, that's the thing. I'd like, say you I have kn- building blocks that you shouldn't touch. Yes. But if they somebody don't... wants to touch them, like, well, this is getting sexual. Not in a good way. <laughs> but, like, if somebody wants these guys, blow me away with an offer. But they're right, guys that... Right really should be part of the next at least half decent Flyers team, maybe the next Flyers playoff team, you know? Yeah, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, Kevin Hayes, like, we know this is probably his last season as a Flyer. Travis Konechny, there's no reason they shouldn't be taking calls on Travis Konechny. There's no reason they shouldn't be taking calls on Carter Hart, as wild as that is to say. The Flyers finally got the goalie they've been searching for for all those years, and the rest of the team sucks when they finally get him. They might actually have something in Samuel Harrison, the son of heirs. Yes, they could. And so, I mean, there is no reason they shouldn't take calls on every player on the roster. I just feel like the two players that would be the hardest to convince the Flyers to move would be Tippett because he's been so good and Noah Cates because he's been so good. Um, I still am not convinced that Morgan Frost, even though he's been playing well, I'm still not convinced that he's won over John Tortorella. But who has outside of, you know, canines? I mean, he loves Cates. He does. He loves, he loves Tippett. I think he's starting to come around on Cam York big time. Oh, he's, I think he already has come around on Cam York. Cam York 
has been just a steady part. He, Cam York might actually be the Flyers' best defenseman this season. Like, if they're giving out awards, like, he might actually win the Barry Ashby. Who is going to win the most improved Flyer? Owen Tippett. No, no. Oh, yeah. Owen, no, Owen Tippett, actually, he might win most of the Flyers' awards this year. Honestly. For yeah. good reason. Owen Tippett... Despite, you know, well, not despite, but like he actually represents the Flyers both in his facial hair, the hair on his head and in his play. He represents the Flyer in all facets. The ultimate Flyer award goes to Owen Tippett over here. I mean, Owen Tippett right now, he's second on the team in goals with 22. He is third on the team in points with 41. So, you know, Travis Konechny, we've forgotten because he hasn't been around for a couple weeks at this point. Travis Konechny will win the team MVP. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. And I mean, Travis Konechny rules. Like I, I miss him out there and it sucks that he's not playing currently, but we let's not forget that Travis Konechny's had an outstanding season, but most improved player. It's gotta be Owen Tippett. I mean, he has just taken, and we talked about this with Brad Shaw. You should go listen. If you listen to one part, I would listen to the entire podcast from the other day at the carnival. But if you listen to one part, I would listen to the Bradshaw interview because hearing Bradshaw talk about Owen Tippett's development and his work, you know, just to get to the point that he's at was great, great insider talk right there. Like I really enjoyed hearing that. And he is a guy who's done the work who has improved and made himself an integral part of this team. Yeah. He has. And like, Honestly, right now, without connecting the lineup, Owen Tippett is pretty much the best player on, on the entire roster. Like, I can't think of anyone else who's better right now. He's just, he's been so good. And, like, last night was a rough game for him. Like, he did, he was just clearly not himself last night. And then at the end, he just, like, out, he just races past this guy with the puck going toward the empty net. And he just takes it. He just takes it from the guy. And he buries the empty net goal. And I know it's an empty net goal, but like that was a very good play from Owen Tippett at the end of the game. That put and the game away. The, that was a clo- that was yeah, a one goal game. They needed that insurance goal because they ended up scoring again in, in garbage time to make it a one goal game. And so like that was an important empty net goal. And clearly John Tortorella trusts Tippett because like you can always tell the players who have the coaches trust the most because they're the ones who are playing with the uh, um, with the net empty. So. And like trying to defend the lead, that is. They're the ones on the ice when it counts the most. Yes. And last night, Owen Tippett was out there and he's been out there. He's been getting so much ice time. Like routinely, he's getting well over 20 minutes a night. Um, And it's just like, it's crazy. Like I never would have imagined him making this much of a leap this year. Like after last season, I was, I knew, I thought he was going to take a leap. I thought he was going to take a step forward, but this is a fucking like Michael Jordan from the foul line <laughs> leap. You know from what I mean? Like, yeah. Wow. Like great, great. This is a big leap for him. Well, the, the thing is we were saying after the trade with Drew, where we were all just so, so upset about not only the trade, but also the return. I cried. And you know, the fact is like, Tippett looked good for the last quarter of the season. He was one of the few guys worth following, worth watching. But Tippett kind of had this reputation with Florida of just not being a guy who could 
finish, put it away. And he's figured it out. He has figured out how to finish. I mean, listen, 22 goals, it ain't a league leader. It certainly is not David Posternock or Connor McDavid. It's nowhere close to that. But it's real valuable in this team because, as we said in preseason, who the hell's scoring the goals on this team? Who's scoring the goals? And the answer is Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett and Travis Konecki have been scoring the goals. And apparently, Scott Lawton has 18, which is nice too. But you need people to score. And frankly, if Owen Tippett... So how old is Owen Tippett at this point? He's 23. He's 24, Wait, actually. 24, excuse me. Yeah, I just looked right. it up. So 24, he's about... If, he, if he's not in his prime, he's about to hit his prime. He's right around there. If he can amp it up next year just a little bit more and become like a 30 plus goal scorer. That is huge for this team. Like they really need somebody to put the biscuit in the basket. And if it's Owen Tippett then he is an invaluable part of this team. And next year is a big year for Tippett because it's contract year. It like is. he's going to, he's going to want to get that money. You know what I mean? Get, so, get paid, get yeah. paid my guy. But something I, something I just thought about from this season, like, you know, we, you mentioned like, Owen Tippett figured it out. He figured out how to, you know, score goals. And like, we've seen Morgan Frost. He's gotten like, you know, he's started, uh, he's starting to pot goals like pretty regularly now. And the thing is Morgan Frost is doing anything. And like you were, I know Morgan he Frost was has doing a lot of critics. He was beginning. doing nothing. Like, and I'm one of Morgan Frost defenders and I couldn't even like think of anything to say. I'm like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I got nothing. He's young, but not that young. I don't know, but he's doing something now. It's great. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's kind of standing out to me about this season. Like this season, if there's one, like there's, I'm sure there's a ton of takeaways we can take away from this season. But like one of them is that like this season proves just how important confidence is for a player. We've seen three players on the Flyers, at least that I can think, honestly, four, four players on the Flyers right now that like have gone through rough spells and then con their confidence just explodes and they just go on a tear. We saw Travis Konechny when he went on that insane run, what, in December? December, January, something like that. Um, Owen Tippett, obviously. Morgan Frost. And now Joel Farabee is scoring every night. Oh, wow. And it's just like, it's it's so clear. This Flyers team is such a picture-perfect representation of the importance of confidence for offensive players. Um and you just, it's, it's exciting. And hopefully this confidence can carry over into the next season. Um, but you know, right now it's like, damn, this is these, some of these young players are really building that confidence and it's, it's exciting because they're still so young and they still have so much, um, growing to do, which is, it's, it's encouraging. I think. It is encouraging. I can still wish they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit lose a few more games let's not lose any more ground in the old draft lottery but it is nice to see some growth amongst some guys and and again see some actual building blocks for the future of this this squad over here and something i just remembered and the only reason i'm saying this is because i'm just scrolling through cap friendly right now cam atkinson's coming back next year which like isn't insignificant i guess yeah, I like Cam Atkinson a lot. I, I'm curious, though, if he'll actually be here. Because that seems I mean, like what a, are they going to do? Trade him? Yes. 
It I mean, seems like a key if... trade chip to me, to be honest with you. Not a key trade chip, but like he seems like a guy that you could definitely flip for an asset. And frankly, I think you should. My question is that is just like, who would want a player who just missed an entire season with almost a $6 million cap hit for two more years? Well, you, you know? retain some of that and call it a 10. Yeah, but, you know? but then we we also got to, the Flyers also got to retain Kevin Hayes too. That's fine. So retain like, an entire player. That's it, fine. <laughs> just for a couple of years, like figure it out. As long as it's not a buyout, no buyouts. I'm out on buyouts, but like I'll retain a little bit. If you're getting some assets back, I'm cool with that. Oh, speaking of confidence, can I also say this? Felix Sandstrom, I feel so bad for Felix Sandstrom because, like, he has played really, really well this season. Like, he's had a few really good games. And don't get me wrong, he's had a couple bad games, too. But, like, he is just... No, keep going. It's Sandstorm. Oh, I was, like, so confused what was happening right there. Um, <laughs> that sounds nothing. That sounds like a carnival song, Steve. Sandstorm is a carnival song. It's bullshit. <laughs> but like Felix Sandstrom is, I feel like he's been hung out to dry so many times this season. And maybe this is just because I'm typically like a big defender of backup goalies. Cause like so often backup goalies are left out to dry. Um, Especially when I was covering the Vegas Golden Knights and Malcolm Subban would just get, they would fuck him over every single night, it seemed. Um, but Sandstrom was really, he, he was thrown into the second game of like every back to back. Like he was just never put in a position to win. And last night he was put in a position to win and he got the win. And um, he only has two wins this season, which is just crazy to think about. But like, I think he's better than people have given him credit for, and he's certainly better than his stats indicate. He's been solid this year, honestly. Like, I was very skeptical about Chuck's half-ass plan coming into the season to just have, I don't know, a guy be the backup goaltender. He didn't sign an actual NHL backup goaltender, and he's like, yeah, I guess Sandstrom or Urson or... I don't know if there's a miracle Fedotov could be it, but like, it wasn't a plan. He just didn't have any more cap space to sign a legit guy. And I got to say, Sandstrom's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah. He's made some big saves and Torts even said it after last night's game. He basically just said like, yeah, it's, uh, um, he had some, something that frustrated me with him early on is like, he would always let a couple not great goals in. And now that has stopped. Now he's just, he's playing really, really well. Um, and he's grown a lot this season basically is what Torts is saying. So like it's, it's encouraging stuff from honestly, all the flyers goalies. Carter Hart has been arguably the best player on the team. Sam Erson is just spectacular when he, when he was playing, he was terrific. And Sandstrom has made, uh, has made some big strides. Yeah. Better, better than expected. I'll give that a, a B plus, I guess. Maybe a B. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a B. B, B minus, B. I, I think a B given the defense they're playing behind. Yeah, you all. That's true. <laughs> it's true and fair. Well, we have to take a moment to, you know, there, it's not all rainbows and sunshine today. You know, we got some, some devastating news about somebody stepping down. Devastated by this news. And that would be one. Did they Davis. discontinue the, the giant Reese's Cup pie? Was that a thing? I think that was a thing. 
It was a thing, yeah. Wow. Okay, continue. Oh, Never wow. mind. No, that's not what I was talking about at all. <laughs> Even though I... Thank God. Now you're making Thank me goodness. hungry because I, I want a Reese's cup. I always want a Reese's cup. I actually have some Trader Joe's peanut butter cups that are very good right here, so I'll have one of those shortly. Oh, nice. But, no, we... <laughs> I, I was going into this. So we were talking about... Uh, yes, so we have to say goodbye to a Philadelphia legend, okay? And as Jim J- Jackson said, he's not dying, Okay. He would want you to know he's not dying, but we still have to say R.I.P.D. to Steve Coates, <laughs> one Coatsy, who has been broadcasting for the Philadelphia Flyers for 43 fucking years at this point. An astounding run from an absolute maniac, okay? And we say R.I.P.D. because it's not R.I.P., okay? It's not rest in peace. It's the rest in peace department. It makes no sense, okay? It was, Craig used to pick it up. I think he picked it up from Comedy Bang Bang. And we say it's from a stupid movie. Okay. It's from a terrible movie that I watched with Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. And it's awful. It, it, don't watch R.I.P.D. And I haven't watched R.I.P.D. 2 yet. I do know it exists. Thank you to all the listeners who have sent it my way. I will check it out at some point, probably for a summer show. But R.I.P.D. stinks. But we like to say R.I.P.D. for something that we're burying but not burying. Okay. So this isn't. You know, we're, we're not saying Coatsy's dying, not by any means, but we are saying so long to him. I mean, he is going away and he's he's a drunken Philadelphia sports legend. OK, the man was a hot mess on the air at all times. Always fun to watch. I know, Quiggs, you never really got the full Coatsy experience because you've been watching since about 2012 or so. And yeah, Coatsy at that point, I think, was relegated to the radio booth and he's been great in the radio booth. And as JJ said to us the other day, he gets away with stuff saying in the radio that you could never get away with saying on TV. And that's why we love him. But he was such a huge presence on flyers broadcasts in the, the nineties and like 2000 to 2010 Coatsy's corner was a regular part. Like, just ridiculous, ridiculous, man. I did send you some Steve Coates clips, though, that I'm hoping you checked out. I did. I did. I checked all of them out. Although I will say, I don't think I saw my favorite one in there. Which one's your favorite one? My favorite one. I think this is when the Flyers advanced to the Stanley Cup final and everyone was outside celebrating and he was like interviewing fans. Um, and he went up to this girl. He's like, how do you feel? And the girl's just like, fucking amazing. <laughs> and, he, yes. and he just goes, he goes, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh no, that, that one is, I it's retweeted so that the other day. There's like a whole montage that the great Dan McQuaid put out <laughs> yeah. there of Philadelphia sports fans just being lunatics. And that's in there. So check that out from the Fly Purbly Twitter account. But that's such a great moment. I, th- I want to say that was either when they went to the Stanley Cup final or when they beat the Bruins, it was one of those. And it was in Xfinity live Coatsy's in like a crowded Xfinity live. And it turns to this girl. And she goes, fucking amazing. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was just so funny because like, you could tell that she was just, she didn't give a fuck. She was like, I'm going to curse on the TV. She didn't give shit. a fuck. And she you did know not what? It was a great TV moment. Absolutely great. TV. It was <laughs> so you know, good. Like Coatsy was just so good. He had such a, just, he was an agent of chaos. You know, we talk about agents of chaos. He was an absolute agent of chaos. And you've got the the classic booth for the longest time when I was growing up was Jim Jackson, Gary Dornhofer, and Steve Coates. And 
you know, JJ and Dorney were great together. I mean, JJ is a consummate professional. Uh, Dorney was a really good analyst, was always really sharp with everything. And then, you know, Jonesy also would step in there. And Jonesy's always been a really good, solid TV guy, too. And Coatsy would just be in there, like, speaking a mile a minute, it's rambling about stuff. And then, like, I don't know, man. He just was something else. And I'm going to miss his energy, even if he hasn't been on TV in a while at this point. But, he, you know, I'm trying to I got to find one of the great radio quotes I, I retweeted the other day because I don't listen to Flyers radio nearly as much as I would like to because Tim Saunders is fantastic. I think underrated flat out, I would say. And him and Coatsy are really, really good together. And I'm going to miss that that back and forth there but the quote was i'm looking it up now okay tim saunders on wade allison being like scott hartnell it wouldn't be a bad bar steve coates i've never been in a bad bar (laughs) a king a king an absolute king in the kingdom of philadelphia i also found a quote that i retweeted from my own account from the estee bob account from 2013 where (laughs) Where Coatsy said, oh my God, I got to pull it back up because I had it and then it disappeared. You don't think Picasso painted his own house? Like, that's the kind of like random shit that Coatsy would bring up that, I don't know. It's just like, it was a very unique force on what could be a very cut and dry sports broadcast. I love the clip of him. I I don't know if they were pants or a blanket or something, but he was holding some piece of fabric that said too hot to handle. Yes. He's like, oh, look at that. Too hot to handle. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was Uh, good. I always love Santa Coatsy where he would just dress up like Santa and give players random gifts. The the clip with Bob is an all-timer where... Sergei Bobrovsky is literally just saying his name back to Santa Coatsy because I think at that point, Sergei Bobrovsky probably knew like two words in English. And he's like, oh, you ready for Christmas, youngster? Bob. Oh, (laughs) what's your name? Bob. What's about your last name? Bob. It's so good. Jeff, just over and over again. Just yeah. Just go on YouTube. Look for Steve Coates clips. I think that's why I think that's why Bob. Ended up well. I mean, he got traded, but like maybe that's why they traded him. He was terrified of Coatsy. That could be why they traded him. No, they traded Santa him. Coatsy. They traded him because Ed Snyder demanded that they get a goaltender, Briz. a ready for prime time goaltender. And for some reason, they said Briz was the guy, and still paying him until twenty twenty seven. The Coatsy's corner where he was Santa, and he he had Shane Gossespierre on was. Amazing. Oh, it's so good. It was really good. And that was young ghost too. Oh, that like was like fresh faced rookie or sophomore ghost. I think. Yeah, rookie yeah. Ghost. I mean, it was like with a little like seeing eye glass or whatever. I think. Like, yeah. Glued to the glued to his visor. Yeah. So he could, he could uh, look for the back of the net a little easier on yeah. his slap shot. That ghost slap shot. Oh, I miss that ghost slap shot all the time. Trade him I well, Carolina. Too. I God, I want Carolina to go so deep, but like now that Svechnikov's hurt, it's just like, ugh, it sucks. I cashed out my Metro bet for the Carolina Hurricanes once I saw that news because I'm like, I'm still doubling my money for this, and I honestly like I don't even know what the standings are now. I don't know where they're at right now, but the Devils were breathing down the Hurricanes' throats when I checked that day. I believe they're still leading the division. 
Yeah, it's yeah, a three-point race, and Carolina's got a game in hand. So maybe I should have stuck in there, but you know what? Yeah. Who cares? I doubled my money. I don't give a shit. The Devils aren't exactly hot right now, though. They've lost six of their last ten. Oh, wow. That's a that's a shame, let me tell you. Real, ah, real damn shame. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. You just hate to see it. <sighs> what would you prefer to see in the playoffs in, like, the first round? Would you prefer to see a Devils-Rangers series or Rangers Islanders series. I prefer to see Devils Rangers get a little bit of that 1994 action in there. That would be fun. Like mid 90s David Putty action. That's what I'm looking for. And one of those teams will get eliminated and that will bring me great joy. That would be fun. I think if they face each other I'm going to face for or I'm going to root for New Jersey cuz I do like Jack Hughes. That's the tragedy here is that New Jersey for once has actually built a fun Hockey team? I know. The team that ruined hockey in the 1990s and early 2000s. Ruined hockey. Ruined one of our great stars in Eric Lindros with the actions of the war criminal, Scott Stevens, and noted Thanksgiving lover, Marty Brodeur. Just an absolute atrocity of a franchise has managed to make a pretty fun hockey team, unfortunately. And part of that is sheer luck because Jack Hughes is sheer luck. Nico Heeshear, sheer luck, let me tell you. But they have Flyers are due some sheer luck. They are due some sheer luck, and I think this is the year. Let's get some sheer fucking luck, Let's Gary. Let's get some Bedard in Philadelphia, baby. Gary, have we told you you're handsome and tall lately? And tan. And tan. Oh, so tan, let me tell you. And a you. full head of hair. Always make great decisions, like that decision on the jersey manufacturer. That was a good one, or the... The boards that we all love, let me tell you, seeing the fucking animated ad boards has not, it's been good. Did you hear the support that like, in so the NHL is trying to like do something special for the fans next year. So when they're going to have a day where all 32 teams play. I mean, that's not the most outrageous strategy. I've they heard. basically do that a, a couple of. A few days ago, the, like 30 of the teams played. Yeah, like that's like so Thursday, right? Shit. I think every yeah, Thursday, like, almost every team plays. Yeah, so like how is that special if they have all 32 teams play in one day? And will they even stagger the games? Probably not. I guarantee you they won't. No, and that's that's, <laughs> that's the worst part. The only, the, the only time not staggering the games is a good strategy is when MLB does it on the last game of last day of their season because then it keeps any teams that are in races from like i don't know tanking or whatever for the day you know like bullish starters but like otherwise yeah i'm like uh, yeah if you stagger it sure if you make a whole day out of it great but like they fail every time they try to do shit like that i know yeah they're they're not very smart sometimes yeah you want to do something nice for the fans get rid of the animated board heads uh get a real jersey manufacturer Jesus Christ. Get, put Stanley Cup finals back on the ice. I hate that that's gone. Like so much. You have no idea. I cannot stand that Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoffs isn't like on the blue line or at the Oh, blue I love line. it on the ice. It's great on the ice. Yeah. But it's gone now. Great. Just uh, never ending great decisions from our good friend Gary over here. Hey, oh, he's smart. Tan. Tall. All that stuff. Really hot guy. <laughs> totally. Let me tell speaking, you. Speaking of hot, Eagles are bringing back Kelly Green officially, baby. Officially? Officially. Uh, did they 
reveal the uniforms yet. That's what I want. Jeffrey Lurie confirmed that it is back and they are going to wear it this season. We don't know what, when they're going to wear it this season. When can I buy a jersey? When I don't know, but I'm getting one so fast. When I'm getting I a Jalen Hurts fucking jersey. Oh, I'm getting one. What are you getting though? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna QB one? You gonna get a? I'm thinking Jalen Hurts. I mean, how can you go wrong? They're gonna sign him to a mega deal this year. Well, I also got a Carson Wentz jersey. Mm, the year they wah, signed him to a mega wah, deal. Wah. Who needs to sound? I, I got my own voice. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll wait another year, just to confirm that Hurts is that dude, which he is. He is. But, but like, I hear you. Just, I hear just you. to be safe, maybe I'll wait another year. You could join me in the Jason Kelsey club because that's never going to go out of style. I know. I would love a Jason Kelsey jersey. It's one of the greats. Let me tell you. That was uh, yeah. one decision I did not regret was getting a Jason Kelsey jersey. Jason Kelsey. Who else could I get? Get uh, Fletcher Cox. He's a world champ. No, I like Fletcher Cox, but I don't want his jersey. Why? I don't know. 91. Yeah. Who cares? It's an offense. His name's it's a defensive. His line. name's his name's his Cox. Name is, it's great. His name's too short for the large number. Ow. You're full <laughs> of crap. I know two guys with Fletcher Cox jerseys, and every time I see him, I'm like, that's a great jersey. Yeah, oh no, I love Fletcher Cox. I don't know if I'd wear it though. Mm, I think you're I like Brandon Graham, coward. but I don't know if I'd get a Brandon Graham jersey. Uh Jalen Hurts. AJ Brown? Oh, I would love an AJ Brown jersey. Devontae Smith's also a good one, good solid one. Yeah. Or uh, Dallas Goddard. I, I'm not, I'm not slim enough to wear a Devontae Smith jersey. You're not slim. Well, then I'm definitely not slim enough. <laughs> I feel like if I'm gonna get that, I need to like look like Devontae Smith. <laughs> if looking like the athlete was one of the prerequisites, then a lot of people wouldn't be able to wear their jerseys. I got to say, like, now that I'm thinking about it, the players that I'm considering getting a jersey for are players who, like, their physique is closest to mine. And I'm not saying that I'm even close to the physique of A.J. Brown or Jalen Hurts because that I am not. Not even the same ballpark as them. Um, But, like, I feel like they both probably wear large T-shirts. And I wear large T-shirts. And I feel like it, the numbers would look good on me, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I got a Jason Kelsey jersey, and you've seen what I look like. So I think you could do the math there. I guess maybe you got a, you've got something to your theory there. I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to see. <laughs> a bearded, larger man. God, I do love Jason Kelsey. I'm just saying, I, I, I maybe picked some similarities when I decided to go for that one. Do you have a Hank Fraley jersey? Oh, big Hank Fraley. Boom. No, I didn't. Boom. I mostly my past Eagles jerseys have been defensive players. So I have uh, at Hugh Douglas, the turbo bird himself. He was not like being called that. That's why I'm blocked by him on Twitter. Uh, we've got Jeremiah Trotter was my favorite for a long time. The Axeman. Oh, yeah. I wore Jeremiah Trotter. I got a dock and uh, non-defensive back in the day. I had a Ricky Waters jersey. Back when Ooh. the Eagles first switched over to the Midnight Green. I was the first kid at school with a Ricky Waters jersey. Ricky Wooders, as a lot of people in Philadelphia would say. And these uh, asshole kids at school. I thought I was cool. And then these asshole kids at school were like, you didn't spell Waters right on the back. It's not right. I'm like, it is right. You're assholes. You're jerks. But 
It didn't matter because they just teased me anyway. I should just go rogue and get a Boston Scott jersey. Boston, just wear it on Giants games. Yeah, only Giants games. <laughs> That'd be so fun. It's a good strategy right there. And I, I think maybe the Flyers should take some notes from the Eagles here. And maybe bring back those classic 80s, 90s unis. Like, once or twice a year, okay? I'm not asking for much. Or whatever your next, like, throwback reverse retro, like... Please, can we just not even go reverse? Just wear the retro. Just wear them like twice a year and I'll be happy. So I don't know how true this is, but I heard from, I saw someone on Twitter. I cannot remember who it was, but apparently they're like some sort of like Jersey insider person. He reported that the Flyers are getting new uniforms next season. Oh, wow. And they are not going to be the 90s. They're gonna. It's gonna be something totally a totally new design. How about but that? But or, orange is gonna remain the main color. Well, of course. Come on. Um, well, a lot of people are thinking like, oh, they're gonna go black, and it's like, no, they're not. Apparently, they will. I mean, like, it makes sense for them to have a black alternate. They should almost always have a black alternate. And- well, apparently, the black alternate they have now is gonna remain. No, which is dumb. I hate that alternate it so much. Stinks. Oh, it's I a don't horrible like jersey. It. And here's the problem. I've said this before. They could fix that jersey by just doing something different with the numbers on the back, the numbers in the nameplate. Add a little bit of color. It's like the current reverse retros. Like, if they had a little pop of orange in there, they'd look so much better. Yep. Just a little, like, outline orange on the numbers or something, you know? Just a little bit. And it's like, having it just on the sleeves looks so stupid. And all those black jerseys, they're completely unreadable at the game. Like when you're at the game, they they look okay on TV. I mean, they don't. I still don't like them, but like they look better on TV than they do at the game. Oh yeah, no, it, and honestly, it looks like the um, the Flyers black jersey looks like the Stars, um, like neon highlighter jersey, right? Except orange. They like copied it. Well, I think. I think the or Flyers the black one was yeah, around I think first, you're right. and I think yeah, the Stars neon one's like more recent. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. But whatever. But like I that mean. that Flyers um, jersey was like they wore that for a stadium series game that they fucking lost. <laughs> like, why don't they wear the stadium? Why don't they wear the stadium series jersey that they won against Pittsburgh? Those were sick. I liked those. A lot of people did not. They were weird because, like, they waited until the last second to reveal those, too. But I, yeah. I like those. Like, a lot of people didn't like those. I like them. I, I like them because they had, like, the the 90s, like, sleeves where it has, yeah, like, yeah. the stripe and then it has the, the cuff. Like, I don't know. I like that look. I've always liked that look. But I don't know. I the, Here's the thing. Why did they ever get rid of the 2012 Winter Classic jerseys? Why, That's what why I was did they about ever get to rid say. Of them? In fact, if those were the primaries... I think a lot of people would be very cool with that. I'd be very happy with that. And then, we mentioned this before with the reverse retro, a cream-colored, like, alternate for that, or, like, the white jersey is, like, a cream version of that. Like, that would be sick. Yeah. Are NHL teams allowed to have a cream jersey jersey as their away? I don't see Because no, no one has cream as their away jersey. I mean, it's basically white, you know? Close enough. It's basically, but why doesn't any team do it? I don't know. Maybe they should start doing it. Yeah, they should. I know that that Pat on Twitter. I'm trying to remember Pat's full title here. I'm going to pull it up. Blah, blah, blah. 
Pat. Pat makes art who did the, the cool Drew like poster that they gave away at uh, Drew's milestone game last year. Oh yeah. Um, Pat had done a mock-up of a cream colored flyers, winter classic one before that I retweeted and it was really good. So that's something to check out. I would have to go back and find that, but if I can find it, I'll retweet it again after the show. Um, but that was cool. But I, that would be one Jersey change that I'd be very welcome to. Uh, I'm, I'm, down for something new i mean i've liked the current look but i think this is an interesting time to to change things up i agree this is the time to do it like there it's clear i mean there's a rebuild claude giroux's gone like this is a totally new era of flyers hockey might as well give them new uniforms just don't fuck it up yeah if they fuck it up i'll lose like i might flip shit I cannot, like, Steve, you don't understand. I cannot like teams with ugly jerseys. I can't do, like, I I used to love the Panthers. The Panthers are, like, one of my least favorite teams right now because their jerseys are dumb. The Jaguars. I think they're just kind of like, eh. The Jacksonville Jaguars during, like, the Blaine Gabbert era, those were the dumbest. Those helmets were were so, I, I used to love the Jaguars as, like, they were, like, my second favorite team. And then I just went from absolutely loving them to despising them. I cannot, Steve, root for a team with an ugly uniform. They better not fuck this up if they get new uniforms. Okay. I want to get to one more note, but before we do that, worst jersey in the league right now. Uh, Overall set. Let me look at the... Uh, I can tell you mine without even hesitating. It's the Ducks... I actually don't hate the Ducks as much. Oh, I hate the Ducks' current look. That fucking Web D, it sucks. To me, it comes down to three teams. The... All All right, here we go. To me, it comes down to the Florida Panthers. The... This might be a hot take. The Winnipeg Jets. I wow. hate their uniforms. You you were yeah, you have a weird thing against the Jets. I don't And uh I don't have anything against the Jets. I just don't like their uniforms. Okay, fair which, enough. Like, which guess. makes me root against them most of the time because their uniforms suck. And then last but certainly not least, the Vegas Golden Knights. You mean but certainly least. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Golden Knights had perfectly fine uniforms as their home, and then they changed it to these monstrosity golden things. And I get it, they're the Golden Knights, but like, I don't give a fuck. They look like mustard, honey mustard on the ice. <laughs> and you got to leave the mustard over the Nashville Predators who have perfected that. Yeah, the but like the Preds look good. I like their jerseys they a have, lot. I'm saying they, I I mean it when I say they perfected the mustard. Yeah. Look. Um, oh, and then I'll be honest with you, the Carolina Hurricanes, like black home jerseys now, I'm not a fan. No, no. Are they away jerseys? Canes? There are away ones say Canes, which is dumb. And their home ones, they have like a different logo on every uniform they wear. It's really annoying. Yeah. Like they need to just stick to the red ones with the Hurricane logo on it. That's the best one. It's the best one. No, I, I agree. Wait, does the black one have the pirate flag? It has the two hurricane flags on it. Yeah, that's it. I always think it's a pirate flag, but it's a hurricane flag. Yeah, no, I hate that one. No, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's there, like, there's like it's too very much... edgy, like in a, a like early 2000s, late 90s kind of way, but not a good one. Like, there, like the Buffalo Sabres, much... quote unquote, goat head, like 
that one is 90s in a great way. Yeah, yes, I agree. But like the one the Hurricanes have now, their black one with like the double hurricane flag, like there's too much dead space like in the torso area. Like there needs to be more there. It's just, yeah, yeah it doesn't do it for yeah. me. And I, and I, just, I don't like the ones that say Canes either. I don't, I don't like most jerseys with a word instead, like as far as hockey goes with a word instead of a, a logo, like I think the Rangers are fine. I guess uh, it's the Rangers can pull it off. It's it, they pull it off, but it's it's very boring to me. And the same with the Penguins. But like everybody else should just stop trying to do that. It sucks. If the Flyers ever did that, fuck off. They will well, unless they, they do, will not. They, well, unless they pull out the the old Quakers look that everybody has the the knockoff of the Tony the Tiger jerseys. Oh, that'd be dumb. You know those, right? I do, and I don't like them. They're not good. There's a lot of stripes, but a lot of people have those knockoff jerseys. They still wear them to games. Also a hot take, and this is my last one. Um, I'm actually running out of steam here for a little bit. But the Minnesota Wild, not a big fan of their uniforms. The Wild had a perfect jersey. Actually, I will rescind my word mark for the Wild. Yes, that one was good. The Hunter Green Minnesota Wild jersey from a few years back, the Minnesota ones, beautiful beautiful fucking sweater right there and i miss that the current one yeah it's not doing it for me it has the stripe around the torso like they're the who do you think you are the canadians and the fucking panthers do the same thing and here, here's the thing it doesn't that stripe that goes around did you mention chest, that because the wild are currently playing the colorado avalanche on tnt no no i was just looking like you said things. that and i literally looked right to my tablet and saw the minnesota wild jersey here's the thing though both the Panthers and Wild have that dumb stripe that goes around the chest, but it doesn't continue to the back of the jersey. It stops like underneath the arm, and it looks so stupid. It's like where'd the stripe go? It's Where's gone. the stripe? Idiots. Here, find me the stripe, <laughs> Doc. I've been looking all over the place for this stripe. It's not in Mike Richards' cottage. It's not in Sidney Crosby's <laughs> home. I don't know where it is, Doc. Uh, <laughs> It just looks so dumb when the stripe just stops. Yeah, like, make it go I around agree. the whole jersey. Yeah, have a f- commit to the stripe. Yeah. The commit. Canadians, their uniforms are great because it they got the fucking stuff. Now their away jerseys don't have a stripe. That shit needs a lot more donkey sauce, let me tell you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Finally, I wanted to touch back on last week. We got a little contentious about Arizona, of all fucking things. Yes, we did. <laughs> Didn't we run into somebody at the carnival who brought who mentioned that and they talked about like, they said something about scorpions like they went to a place and there were a bunch of scorpions oh yeah that's right i can't remember who that was <laughs> whoever it was that was hilarious <laughs> i laughed yeah. my ass off about that and i told you there's a lot of fucking scorpions in arizona but anyway we got oh, a dm there. from a listener and i wanted to to read it because he had some input on the phoenix thing and I, admittedly i got a little bit in the hot take zone when it came to the coyotes last week okay i got yeah, a little worked did. up I got a little hot take zone. You know, sometimes you do that for the sake of, uh, do I call it comedy? Podcasting. We'll just call it podcasting. The art, if you will. But uh, Kyle, KGoose97, got in contact with me. And this is a lengthy one, so I'm going to buzz through it like the Micro Machine Man here. But Kyle decided to give us a little bit of local perspective on the whole Coyote Stadium situation. So, uh, sorry, not sorry for the comments last week, but let's buzz through this real quick. 
Hey, Flip. First, I want to say I'm a big fan of your show and BSH as a whole. Been listening for about four to five years now. So, I'm a Flyers fan first and a Yotes fan second. I don't live in Phoenix, but I make the drive a few times a year for concerts and hockey games, so familiar enough with it. Basically, they modeled the city after L.A., so instead of calling the entire metro area Phoenix, it has a bunch of little suburbs all over the place. Phoenix itself is only, like, the downtown area, really. So, where the Coyotes' original arena was, Glendale, it's way the fuck out in the middle of basically nowhere on the west side of the metro area. It's surrounded by nothing but retirement communities and an Air Force base. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's, I, Quakes, this is what I told you. I told you Phoenix is a bullshit city, and this confirms it. No, it's not. How is it a bullshit city? Because it's not a real city. Where's yes, it is. But it's a bunch of suburbs put together. It's not a city. No, Phoenix that, is a city. It's like the downtown area only. It's what he said. Phoenix is bullshit. But that's a big downtown area. Is it? It's huge. I Phoenix guess. is massive. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's a big city. They put a bunch of suburbs together and claim the population's bigger than it actually is. It's bullshit. Anyway, let's continue reading this. (laughs) The plans for the new arena are to put it basically in the heart of where everything happens. Walking distance from Arizona State University, a short drive from the downtown area, and much closer to Scottsdale, Scottsdale. which has lots of money, as well as being a big party party area. I, I do know a guy who has multiple bachelor parties in Scottsdale this year that he has to go to. Yeah, everybody goes to Scottsdale. It's the last place I'd want to go for my fucking bachelor party, but hey, I'm not into golf. Essentially, putting the arena in Tempe would bring fans in droves, much like how Vegas put their arena on the strip and made it very accessible and saw immediate success. The same would be expected if the Coyotes can get their arena in Tempe. There are quite a few more hockey fans out here, too, due to many so many transplants from the East Coast and even Canada that moved to the warmer climate, so taking away the hockey team would be a big blow to a large chunk of the population. Even the AHL team, the Tucson Roadrunners gets a really good crowd, especially on Saturday nights, so the opportunity for hockey to blossom is there. They just need to move to a much more centralized area and not out in bumfuck nowhere. Appreciate you taking the time to read through my rambling and my defensive teams out here in the desert. Hey, thank you for writing and giving us all that perspective, Kyle. Because I I do realize I was not being fair to the Arizona hockey experiment. I still think they've been mismanaged for 30 years and i think you're they've not been given plenty of chances but um it's it is an interesting situation and certainly a unique one yeah no i i love that whole response i'm so happy you wrote like th- that was a book too i'm stoked you gave us that like analysis as a local but dude i'm telling you like i feel like when the new arena sprouts up in tempe that'll be that'll be big for the coyotes they're gonna get a lot significantly more fans man gary bettman better be getting that number one pick for the flyers right now because you are saying everything gary wants to hear i'm telling you dude gary has been trying to make this work as arizona as phoenix has been clawing its way by cheating its population numbers up the charts for the past like couple decades we say that the flyers are due to win the lottery the Coyotes are also due to win the lottery. They've never won. They're also due to move to Quebec, so. <laughs> but he's never going to move to Quebec. because They're going to go to Houston. Yeah, they're going to move to Houston or fucking Kansas City or something where the Penguins are supposed yeah. to be. What are those? Hamilton, baby. Put them in Hamilton. Hamilton. That's what we're talking about. Toronto, too. Yeah. Oh, God. No. 
I'm tired of no. I've been I'm here tired about Toronto of cities. too for as long as I've been hearing about Arizona failing as a franchise. I'm so tired of cities having two franchises. Like LA can fuck itself. They, there's too many teams there. New York, just go to die. Like why are there that many? Why are there that many teams in New York? I get it. It's a big city. I understand. You don't need two teams. Like you New don't. New York City. If you want Long Island people to have teams, make Long Island a state. <laughs> Long Island a state? It's own yeah. state? Yeah, make Not Long Island city, a state. It's own state. No. Long Island should be that a state. That state's going to fail a meet. Can you imagine two senators from Long Island? Oh, I can't even imagine. I think no. the Senate would collapse. Long Island is, like, bigger than Rhode Island, isn't it? Probably. Like, make it a state. Why not? <laughs> whole state not even like you could make manhattan a state no that wouldn't be a state (laughs) hold on long island could be i'm gonna do some analysis and look at google maps oh my god gauge the size of long island or you could just talk about population instead of like size i don't give a fuck about population you're talking rational i am talking rational as opposed to the way the united states is currently divvied up i feel like like mass, like land area, I feel like Long Island is basically the exact same size as. Oh, sure. It's a pretty large size, but like, I don't know. Silly me thinking that, like, I don't know, population should have proper representation. We're going to get into a whole political conversation if I go down this whole path, and I'm not yeah, doing no, that. I've, I've talked about politics on the show. I'm not interested in doing it right now. Absolutely not. So, <laughs> le- I'm. let's get it wrapped up. You're tired. Yeah, I know. I'm tired. I'm I, actually yeah. going to get a second wind if I keep going like this. I'm looking at those Trader Joe's peanut butter cups over here, and, like, I'm thinking about eating them. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to get the show wrapped up. I'm going to edit it tomorrow night. And that's that. Okay. We're just going to cut it off right here. Right here, baby. All right. Folks, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. If you have any feedback for the... If you have any feedback, the best place is unfortunately still twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk.bullshit. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitters? Oh, man. Find me on the Twitters at Ryan Quiggs with a Z, please. With a Z. Quiggs with a Z. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Flyperbole also on the Instagrams, on the TikToks while you can still get it. Who knows what's going to happen? Speaking of political situations, who knows what's going to happen with TikTok? But as long as it's there... Flyperbole will have an account that barely does anything on there. So I guess check it out, whatever. But folks, we truly appreciate it. We love you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow.
What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balky and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.